Hello and welcome to Milwaukee Admirals Podcast with Charlie Larson. I'm Aaron Sims. Charlie, a bit of a hiatus as everything got a little wonky to start the season, but uh, we're back at it and I can think of no better person to resume these podcasts with than our guest today. As a matter of fact, let me tell you something real quick. He is the first player I ever had lunch with uh, on the road uh, in Toronto at a subway in Toronto. Um, what did you have? What did you have? I, I, I probably had uh, either the Italian BMT or the meatball. I probably and it was definitely a foot long. And I probably bought at the time I was really, really fat before the surgery. <laughs> so I probably had two more that I brought back to the hotel across the way and, and finished them within an hour and a half. So uh, but he's uh, he's former Admirals goaltender and now Manitoba Moose goaltending coach Drew McIntyre. Drew, it is so good to see you. One of our favorites. It's so funny because you were here just one season, but the 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 mark you made in your one season with everybody on the staff, your teammates and all of that stuff. I mean, it's it's a testament to you. So thank you for that. And thank you for joining us today. How are you? Well, you guys are two of my favorites. And I'm I'm literally not just blowing smoke when I say that. Uh, Yeah, you're the organization is uh, holds a special place in our heart. Uh, my daughter was born there in Milwaukee. Um, just a special place. I loved it. Yeah, only there a year. Um, I have a lot of stops in my career that meant a lot to me, but wasn't able to stay in too too many places long term, as there was always a young up and coming goalie coming in. But um, yeah, we I had an awesome year that year uh, with Lane, and uh, we had an awesome team. We we uh, did made made a lot of noise that year, so it was fun. I mean, you honestly. Go ahead. I was going to say, when you talk about about short term and young up and coming goalies and all of that stuff, you once told me, though, that like, did you ever have a two year contract? You had one two year contract maybe in your career, right? Everything was one. And you said you just want to go, hey, some find some team that's going to give me a legitimate chance to be in the NHL. Right. Yeah, I had one uh, two year deal that was with Atlanta um, after after Milwaukee. The year after. Uh, Right. Yeah. So they gave me a two year deal and. But in that second year, I got dealt at the deadline. So. <laughs> you got so, that was that was the Hamilton, right? That was that yeah, was Hamilton. that ended up in a pretty good spot there. That Hamilton team. Yeah, we lost Game Seven of the Conference Finals in a very controversial call uh, with yeah. the minute left. Uh, but yeah, it was we went on a really good run there, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, very thankful for the career I had, and uh, you know, those few years there, I. I, I went all the way around that division with Chicago, (laughs) Manitoba, Grand Rapids, Chicago, you know, Milwaukee, you know, I tried to, tried to play with everybody in the Western conference. I think. Well, we couldn't get you with the Omaha Exarban Knights or the Quad City Flames or anybody like that. Real quick, Charlie, I want to tell, because I said it's, he's the first player that I had lunch with. It was obviously the 0809 season. The Admirals are visiting Toronto. Charlie actually, I think set this up. I don't know if you remember this, Drew. Um, There was a, couple of guys that were doing video about goalie masks and so these guys came to pick us up at the hotel at the time i think it was still the holiday inn on king street that we were staying at so i went with drew to make sure everything was on the up and up and i gotta tell you we ended up going to maybe 10 blocks away do you remember this drew we ended up going like 10 blocks away in this guy's car into some weird seedy motel. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, this is going to be an Ed Gein situation. Like we're, <laughs> they're going to be wearing our skin. Like I had no idea. They couldn't have been nicer. It was wonderful. Yeah. I never saw the finished product, but you were there and, and uh, sitting down in a hotel chair, explaining what your, what your mask means to them. Do you, I'm yeah. sure you're. Yeah. Right? No, you know what? I remembered having lunch with you and then, but no, that that's a thanks for the reminder. I kind of totally forgot about that drive and everything. Uh, uh, that's funny. I don't know if I ever saw the finished product. <laughs> Maybe it never got done. <laughs> they lost their funding because they blew it all on the swanky hotel they were staying at in, <laughs> in uh, Toronto. Uh, well, you played. I, I couldn't. I can't even count the number of teams that you played for. I don't know if you know offhand, but I want to know how many jerseys and how many goalie masks. Do you have from the teams in your career? Uh, I don't know jerseys. Uh, you know, I've given a couple talks or whatever since I announced my retirement. And if you add call ups and you know, just you know, teams that I just played with for a few games and whatnot, it's 
it's well into the twenties, uh, 18 years and well into the twenties of jerseys. Um, uh, yeah. So helmets, I think we have it at 16. So I got it all. we just built a house last summer and, uh, my friend who helped build the house, he, uh, he built me, a two little racks. So in my office, I have, that was always the thing that I wanted to do. Uh, that was the one thing I wouldn't tr- uh, give away at all was my helmet. It was a so, mask. Yeah. My mask, uh, you know, I'd give away equipment or sticks or, you know, whatever, but mass was untouchable because I wanted to have this kind of collection just, at the end of it. Did the same guy paint all of your masks or did you, no. did you switch guys? You switched guys after yeah, a lot of teams, a lot of teams would have a somebody. So I, I didn't care. I just wanted to, then near the end of my career, I had somebody actually from my hometown. He's, he painted my mask when I was a kid and a teenager and stuff. And then he painted them when I was uh, near the end of my career. So that was cool. That was when you, was that when you were over at, over in, uh, in Asia? Yeah, I was in Japan for the last three years of my career. Uh, and he got them done. He painted them for me. So, uh, yeah, pretty cool experience playing in Japan for three years. Uh, oh. I don't know if you remember the movie, Mr. Baseball, Tom Selleck. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. It, it's like they nailed it in that movie as far as the culture and everything is concerned. It's uh, just me and one other guy as the imports and then a whole team of Japanese guys. And we'd be sitting there when the coach is talking and be me and my buddy. And then we'd have an interpreter. So we'd be stuck in the corner of the room and he's just kind of whispering to us what the coach is saying. (laughs) They're like just the sweetest people just made it so much fun for us. Uh, Obviously it's a crazy different culture, but really cool. My daughters and my wife, they didn't live there, but they come over for really long stretches and it turned out to be something uh, we just kind of went thinking maybe it was my last year and we stayed for three years. For three years. We, we loved it. Did you ever ask? By, by the way, by the way, 24 teams. 24 teams. Yeah. I just Thank did the, I just, I just figured it out. So tell me if this seems right here. Toledo, yeah. Grand Rapids, since turning pro. Toledo, Grand Rapids, Manitoba, sweaters you've worn. So whether you got called up and uh, what yeah. uh, dressed. Which, which is funny because you got called up from Milwaukee, right? To Nashville. Yeah, I, I, there. Only, I sat on the bench one game, I think. But you yeah. did wear a sweater because it doesn't have you on, in Nashville. So that would be 25 with Nashville. Yeah, there's a, few, there's a few teams. There's two, I think. I'm thinking, I'm forgetting the other one. I got called up and sat on the bench. And but they don't, Just they open don't really, the door. Yeah. yeah, they don't count that. They don't count it unless I get into action. Toledo, Grand Rapids, Manitoba, Vancouver, Milwaukee, Nashville, Chicago Wolves, Atlanta, Hamilton, Buffalo, Rochester, and then uh, tell me if I'm saying this right. Lev? Yeah, uh, Prague and the KHL. Okay. Reading, Hershey, the Maple Leafs, the Marlies, Carolina, Charlotte, Rockford, Zagreb, Mannheim, Strawberg. Straubing. Straubing. I'm sorry. I can't read my own writing here. Yeah. Need better glasses. Zvolen. Yeah. Slovakia. Nippon. 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 Yeah. Japan. And o- Oji. O- OG Japan. Yeah. OG. So, OG. Okay. So two so two different teams. They were rivals. Um, yeah. In my European venture, European slash Asian adventure for the last five years of my career, uh, one, two, three teams folded. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? So I signed a deal in Germany with Hamburg freezers two year deal, like was so pumped. That's what got me. That's what, you know, it was my last year. I was in Charlotte. I got traded to Rockford at deadline. I signed during the season. The season wasn't even over. I signed in Germany. One of the top places to play, like I'm telling you like 12,000 people a game, like jam packed, really good money. Uh, had my girls signed up in uh, international school. So we were all going to live there. We were really excited. Anyway, middle of the summer, the, the owner just pulls pulls the rug out everybody under everybody, and uh, they fold the team. And I'm just sitting there like I don't couldn't get a job, and I didn't get a job until October, and that's when I went to Zagreb and the KHL. So, well, wow. I've heard Zagreb is an awesome place to go, though. Chris Steerwalt, uh, former Admirals assistant uh, or former Admirals head uh, trainer. Uh, or equipment manager, and now he's an assistant out in Seattle. Okay, he's, he had nothing but awesome things to say 
about uh, uh, Zagreb. He was there for one year, their first year. And he, I didn't know he was there. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he unbelievable. Loved it. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. I was in awesome places. Uh, and then I was with a team in, uh, uh, oh, Zagreb ended up folding. They went down to the, uh, they folded after my year, like near the end of the year, they basically ran out of money uh, in the KHL. And then I went to Japan and the team that I was with, the Nippon Paper Cranes, uh, they folded. <laughs> so I went wow. to OG. Uh, they folded after the year, but still. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. it was uh, lots of instability. Uh, that's for sure. But uh, I don't say that. It, uh, I'm very thankful. Uh, <laughs> I don't say that in, with any kind of uh, complaining or anything. It was uh, I'm glad, thankful to play 18 years. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. When you come to Milwaukee, you'd had a, a stretch and we mentioned in the, in the Red Wings organization and then in the Vancouver organization. Now you come to Milwaukee. Why did you sign with Milwaukee at the time? This is Pekka Rene had just finished the 07, 08 season. It looked like he was probably going up for good at that point. Was that part of it there? You knew you were going to get some miles. Yeah. I played against Pekka and uh, you know, it wasn't for sure that he was going to, Sure. The guy that he was going to be. And at that time, I guess they convinced me that there, I would have a chance. <laughs> you know? Yeah, sure. and, you know, so I was told that in a lot of places and that's fine. <laughs> I, it, they were very interested in me. Uh, Mitch Korn called. I was going to say, was it Mitch? Does yeah. Mitch, Mitch lead the way on a lot of this stuff? Yeah. Well, not just Mitch, uh, Paul Fenton called sure. me. They just seemed the most interested. Uh, I think I got offered more money elsewhere, but I just thought that I knew that they were going to have a good team, which we did. And uh, yeah, I just, at that stage of my career, it wasn't just about one year. It was about where do I, I wanted to stick somewhere. So yeah, yeah I, all these kind of situations, it was, they'd all happen so quickly on July 1st, it would be bang, bang, bang. Like you had to make a decision quick. And uh, I remember the team that it was between, the guy ended up getting called up for majority of the year. And oh York, gosh. New York Islanders. So, you know, you it's, but I don't say that in any like, Oh, I shouldn't have went there. Like I believe things happen for a reason. And you go to places, uh, you know, I believe God put me there for a reason. So I was, uh, I don't say that with any kind of uh, negativity. I, uh, I solidified myself that year in Milwaukee. I got to play all the time, lead the, you know, lots of wins and i was gonna say you were an all-star yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So yeah that, I, you know I'm, I'm thankful for that year and i know i didn't get up with nashville or anything but uh you know i slid it and it got me a good contract the following year with atlanta so yeah yeah, yeah. It, that that year was one of the best before i think the best goaltending year the Ad, in admiral's history before the 1920 season like you and 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 mark dekinich yeah. uh were really very very impressive but talk about your relationship with mark you only knew him for one year. He was a rookie. He was a draft pick, but not a high draft pick. I think Mark was uh, uh, was sixth round. If sixth I'm not rounder, yeah. 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 So yeah. just talk about that relationship that you and you and Dex had. Yeah, we. It was great. Um, you know, he was a rookie, which ended up being a lot of the that ended up that was kind of the start of my mentorship uh, <laughs> role, I guess. Uh, <laughs> you know, teams, teams brought me in and paired me up with a rookie and, uh, I'd have a good year and then that guy'd take my job. So, <laughs> but it was, uh, anyway, he was, he was awesome. Dex was awesome. And he really, he pushed me a lot. He, he was awesome. And he showed them, uh, just like now that I'm a coach, you know, we have a young rookie, uh, Arvid home. And that's kind of the thing you want to, you want to show, you want to show that team that you can be a uh, number one, you know, for the following season or whatever. Um, and he definitely did. He, he showed them that he was ready for number one the following year. How stressful. We talked about all the one year deals. How stressful is July 1st? And did it become much less stressful as you, I don't know if you ever get used to it, ever, ever get used to being a free agent. There's, there's, as implied by the name, there's some freedom in it and you get to go where you want to go. Hopefully a lot of teams want you, but how stressful is July 1st? Oh yeah, it was, it was, it was always super stressful. <laughs> Just be, did we, you want to sign as soon as possible or did you take your time to consider everything? Uh, both. Um, I would love to have more time to kind of weigh the options. Um, yeah. But it just never, you know, that wasn't the situation. Teams are impatient. Yeah, teams yeah, are they, impatient. 
they'd basically call me, make the offer, and then they'd call back and say, okay, you got like five minutes, you know, because <laughs> they're just going with the number, the next guy that they have on their list. So, nice. so yeah, I, it, and then it's up to my agent to kind of talk about money and everything. But uh, yeah, it was a fine line because I didn't, I never had the impression of just go to the highest bidder. It was like about the situation. And as a number three guy, there's a lot that goes behind it. Yeah, obviously, yeah, look, sure. obviously you look back and some of the things you're like, why did I think that that was, a, you know, why did I think that I had a chance there? <laughs> but sometimes they, they say things just to make you sign. And so it's easy to think about it now, but uh, also, so I tried to do, I really did a lot of homework before July 1st, just on, first of all, we just try to get an answer from the team that we're on as far as if I'm in the plans and, Usually teams are pretty good about being honest with me um, there. And then once July 1st came, it was trying to make a good decision quickly. So, yeah, yeah. It's got to be even more stressful, I would think, for goaltenders than just for regular players, because you, if, if, like you say, you're a number, th- if I'm a number three guy, your only chance to get up there is if one or two guys goes down right yeah yeah. uh yeah. whereas if you're a, a normal skater there, there's any number of opportunities to go up and you might go up we're saying this before you might get called up but you not only do you not play but there's no history of you being on that team really right you don't yeah. besides the paycheck uh yeah. and so yeah. i i can't imagine what that's like throughout the season where it's like gosh this guy just gave up five goals you know three games in a row should I be, does that, does that enter, should, I should be getting called up. Does that enter your mind? Like it does for like a normal skater. Yeah. So it was, it was, that was the hardest thing was I didn't just want to get called up. Like I wanted an opportunity. opportunity. To show that I, yeah. I wanted to show that I could play in the NHL. Like that's all I wanted. Like I knew I could do it. And I knew that I got my game to the point that I was an NHL goalie. Like there's no doubt in my mind that I was, an NHL goalie caliber, but I just couldn't get the opportunity. So the hardest thing was there were several teams that I got called up for weeks, like weeks at a time, but they wouldn't give me the start. And after a certain while, you know, one, because I hadn't been with the organization, all that kind of stuff. But two, after a while, it was like every July 1st, it was like they were just talking about me as a number three and it was because I didn't have NHL experience. So that was the knock against me every summer was, well, he doesn't have NHL experience. He doesn't have NHL experience. I'm like, yeah, but how do I get it? Yeah. So that was the frustrating thing that that was always, you know, and then, then when I, in Toronto, you know, I'm 30 years old uh, and I was up there for, it was pushing four weeks and we lost every single game. Um, it was the big, huge collapse that they had. They were well, they were near first place in the division. And by the time the season ended, they did, they were eliminated two with two games left. So it was like, and you know, Toronto, the media was, it was crazy. And I was there like, and I was just like, can I get a game? Like, can I, can I just like, we were losing every game and I'm sitting there and I was having a really good year in the NHL with the Marlies and, yeah, so that was that was one of the most frustrating. And then they they did give me a game the night we got eliminated eliminated, and then we were playing in Florida the next night, and they gave me the game. Um, so that was my first start. That was at the age of thirty. Wow! Wow! Jeepers! So That's you had the, the appearances you had before that the, the few appearances they were all in relief. Yeah. I know you, your debut was after was in replace of Curtis Sanford, right? Yeah, yeah. So I got two relief starts with Vancouver. Um, then I didn't get another one until, uh, Buffalo. Wow. Yeah. Buffalo, uh, that was two, I think. But those were both in relief. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize. I got one decision in Vancouver. Yeah. I came in at like three, nothing and losing four, three, I think. So I got the loss in that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I never started until, uh, 30 years old. Wow. And that was the I, last one I got. I never got a, I never got another. You know what? I, uh, you mentioned Buffalo. One of the cool things in at Buffalo, right outside the, the arena, 
they have a plaza of everybody who played for who has played for the Buffalo Sabres. And we were, yeah, we were there. My wife and I were there. This is, well, you would have played there because your name was on the list. So this is about that time, like about 2012 or something. Your name, your name and Alex Solzer's name were right next to one another. Uh, yeah, cool. it, was, it was really neat. Yeah, it was really cool. So I got a, I actually got a picture of it somewhere. I should send it to you. That's got, awesome. Yeah. yeah. That was my roommate. Me and Solzy were roommates in, uh, in Milwaukee on the road. Oh, were you really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I mean, I don't know if it was every time I, they, they'd switch sometimes, but me and him were a lot of the time. Yeah. Great so that's why you're going to go to Germany there. He's, he's, he's hyping up Germany. He's, for pushing, he's, he's going to go back. Yeah, yeah. You're like, you know, in 10 years, maybe I'll try Germany. And yeah. yeah. Well, I played, uh, I played three years in a row of team Canada at the Spengler cup. Yeah. Um, so that got my, my European juices flowing. I was, uh, you know, that's the most, it's one of the coolest experiences, uh, you can get in hockey, uh, playing in that, just a really cool tournament. It's like, I say all the time, it's like the movie frozen. Like <laughs> it's just this like magical, like little town and you're right. going to play with team Canada. So, so I, I, I played there for three years in a row and that was the third year I was in, uh, I was in Zagreb, Croatia in the KHL, but the other two I was with Charlotte. So, um, Ron Francis was awesome to let me go. And, um, so that, that was a big part of like, okay, yeah. I got to try this European thing real quick. That Spengler cup. I I don't think the United States gives that anywhere near the credit that it does. You know, it's a big deal in Canada and it's a big deal over there, but not in the U S no, 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 no. I don't think any, which is the listeners would know what I'm talking about. Um, they've heard of it. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Heard of it, but never. Yeah. Yeah. So they uh, it's, it's team Canada is basically made up of, canadians playing in europe and i know it doesn't sound anything special but uh and then the rest of them is there's a it's a switzerland it's a davos switzerland so the host team is davos and yeah they got one of the coolest buildings it's like it's like a log cabin basically it's like so it's really cool and then uh and then the other teams in the league one other swiss team and then the other ones change all the time but european based clubs and yeah, it's a big deal, and it's it's televised all over Canada. So yeah. we have the World Juniors at Christmas, but we also at the same time have the Spengler Cup going on, and it was something that I was always into. Uh, I was it was always a, on my bucket list for sure to play. Well, to, to wear the maple leaf on your chest, right? Yeah. I mean, my goodness, no matter where it is, that's pretty awesome. That's an honor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. It was it was really cool. Uh, I want to go back to you know, let's go back to your time in Milwaukee. The 0809 team so, was so good. Uh, one of like just some legendary players in Admirals history are on that team, Cal O'Reilly and uh, Mike Santorelli, Andreas, they're like all these big names in Admirals history. Also the coach Lane Lambert. Uh, what do you remember uh, about playing for Lane? And I'm always curious, like we know Lane was, is super intense, right? But is he, how is that for a goalie? Because, you know, the, the, the head coaches will say, we're, you know, we don't know, we're not the goalie coach, right? So how does he treat you as a goalie as, and you know, what was it like playing for him? Uh, he's awesome. Um, I ended up when I, that year that I played in the KHL, the year that my team folded and I didn't get a job till October, Mitch Korn was with Washington and he actually, they were having the world cup of hockey. So both of their goalies were right. playing the world cup. So I went to Washington just for ice time, basically. Like I knew I wasn't getting a job out of it. Uh, Mitch just basically was doing me a solid and letting me come. So I, it was cool. Lane was there too. So I got to, uh, got to be a both those guys, but yeah, uh, we actually had a goalie coach that year. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but we had Mike Valley, Mike Valley sure. for one year and one year and then went right to the NHL with Dallas. So, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. he was great. It was great to have him that year. Um, he's from Wisconsin. So he was living in Wisconsin. Um, but yeah, Lane, uh, helped me a lot. I was a guy that was very, uh, I guess, emotional. Uh, <laughs> I was very intense. And he helped me kind of rein it in a little bit as far as, like, be a leader, be be uh, intense, but, you know, put it in the, the right focus. The right your context, de- your sure. demeanor needs to be calm or wh- whatever yeah. for everybody else around you kind of thing. 
Yeah. So I think I, I came from Manitoba where we had a ton of leaders um, and Mike Keen, who of course, I'm yeah, in, I'm in the office with today, like on a, which is so cool. But uh, Keener, Keener taught me a ton about being a leader. So I switch and go to Milwaukee and I'm like, yeah, I'm a leader. You know, like I tried to bring a lot of what Mike kind of taught me basically. And, uh, and I, I, you know, I think it went well as far as my, my leadership skills, but I also at the end of the day had to just focus on stopping, stopping the puck and playing, you know, I was playing a lot that year. So, so Lane helped me in that regard a lot. Um, and just a great man. Um, whenever I, uh, was having, my wife went two weeks overdue. Um, we had a crazy experience and which yeah. the, the family, the, the doctors and the nurses, uh, is it Mount Sinai? Is that what yeah. it's called? Yeah. Sure. Right on the street. Be, yeah. They were, they were amazing. Um, yeah, we had a, it, it was a real crazy experience. My wife went two weeks overdue. They had to induce her. She had a 60 hour labor, not 16, 60, six, six, oh. zero, five, yeah. like four days, a, three days. Yeah. Yeah. So Lane was like, awesome throughout the whole thing like she was overdue and basically almost to i was almost getting mad at him because it was like we'd go to chicago and he's like no you're you gotta stay and i'm like all right i remember peoria we're going to peoria so we're staying the night and i'm like lane i'm good like (laughs) if she goes into labor like i'll drive back we're three and a half hours away yeah yeah but he was like no you gotta stay like to be with her anyway it was he was just awesome um and then (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then I remember, I remember getting the call, called him, said, yeah, she came like, uh, our daughter came finally. And, uh, and then he's like, I'm real sorry, man, but, uh, we're going, we're going on the road. It was actually to where, where was it? Was it to Manitoba? Uh, anyway, we, we were Could've going on like a nine day road trip and he's like, I'm sorry, man, but I, I really need, need you. So <laughs> <laughs> my poor wife, she had a not, she had. 60 hour labor, two weeks overdue. And, uh, I leave her as soon as, as soon as the baby's born, I leave to go on a nine day road trip. See, see ya, honey. Yeah. yeah <laughs> great, great, so kid, great kid. We got here. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, Lane was really good through the whole thing. And, uh, uh, his amazing wife, uh, who we lost, uh, she was, uh, she was awesome for Karen. Um, Karen got really close with her that year. She was a, a real big help. Through, you, you know, know what, Andy? Andy was so good, like uh, like, like Claude Noel's wife before, yeah. but but Andy was so good at at arranging things, right, Charlie? I mean, just yeah. kind of leading that group because I mean, she knew exactly what they were going through, right? In most yeah. cases, they, in most cases they probably didn't have kids. They were single. They didn't, you know, they're here for the first time. All of that stuff, right? She did a really good job with that. Yeah. Andy was amazing. She, she helped my wife so much. My wife just, Oh, she, she just, she was awesome. And, 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 uh, sorry. And she, uh, uh, what was I going to say? She, she just like my, so we came from Manitoba where there was like an older team. We had older players who had some, you know, some kids, not a lot, but then we went to Milwaukee and I think we were the only one like, right. So we were the only one with the kids. So Andy was, a real big support because Karen was kind of my wife, Karen was kind of isolated in that regard. Like the girls, all the wives, girlfriends were awesome, yeah. but, they, but they can't relate. No, they couldn't relate. And they were in a different stage of life. Although it wasn't, it was only a few years in difference. Like we, we had kids early. So, um, but anyway, so Andy was a, a huge help to my wife for sure. Yeah. And well, I don't know. You, you may or may not know this, but Andy and Lane used to fight like if they get into an argument, like she was matching his intensity and oh, it, sca- yeah. it scared me, right? <laughs> like they would fight about their dog and it was like, oh my gosh, that, I, 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 I got nervous when I would yeah. hear this happening. And, and it was really not, it was not anything serious, but yeah. they're just, you, you know what Lane could be like. And they, and Andy wasn't backing down, like, no, I'm the one. And then they're swearing, they're, they're yeah. dropping the F-bomb. It's like, okay, uh, all right here. <laughs> yeah, no, he was, they were great. And uh, Brad Lauer was awesome. Uh, yeah, we had a, we had a great stuff. That that year, that was the the plane trip. Yeah, were you on the were you on that plane? Was that the first yeah, trip we, out? We we did this. Uh, yes, we, we talked about this a year and a half ago. Yeah, so that was right after my uh, right after our birth. 
Yes, um, I was going to say, you, that's, you had just made it back, yeah. I, I hopped on a plane, and I thought I thought one day after my baby was born, I was going down. It was, uh, yeah, it was scary. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, for those of you who don't remember, you can, I think it's still on our website, isn't it, Charlie? Uh, wrote probably a piece. not. Uh, uh, well, I've, I've still got it on my computer here. Um, but, yeah, the Admirals hopped on a plane to go to San Antonio. It was one of those – it was those days when you'd play at Houston uh, – you'd play at home one night, and then you'd play the same team in Houston or, t- or San Antonio. San Antonio, the next- then, yeah. And uh, so that's what the Admirals were doing, uh, heading to San Antonio, and an engine blows over the Mississippi River going out of Memphis and circling, circling, circling. And, I mean, it's crazy to think that's 12 years ago now, but uh, yeah. 12, almost 13 years ago. But yeah. And the stewardess, uh, stewardess was crying. We yeah. Were, <laughs> that was You're talking, I, hey, you should have been like, hey, you want to be a leader? You got to remain calm. <laughs> people, people were, I remember somebody was like, it was not on our team. Somebody went up to her and was like, what, what's going on? And she just, she couldn't answer. She was like crying. Oh, like, Jesus, oh. oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're there for your hey. safety, right? Yeah, pretty, pretty crazy. That's Kelsey Wilson said, I figured there was nothing I could do. So I just put on my headset and wanted to listen to a good song while I was going down. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, but that was, that was quite a team as Charlie mentioned, um, you know, a good team and made it to the second round of the playoffs. um, And that doesn't happen much since that point. Actually in Milwaukee, just one other time since, that 0809 season. Two years but, later, yeah. Uh, but you know, the players that added during that year. I mean, Jed Ortmeyer comes in, and and yeah. obviously you and and Fordo and Yonkman and Kelsey Wilson, and then in the playoffs, Brian Smolinski comes in. Yeah, yeah. That was Smoke. that was pretty yeah. wild. Yeah, that was fun because you could tell uh, you could tell that the team it was they were getting pro- like they wanted us to win, and uh, yeah, yeah, it was really fun. Uh, uh, it's one of my regrets. I wish, uh, wish we could have, we would have played Manitoba in the, in the yeah. conference final. And then, right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So I was, uh, yeah, I really, it was disappointing to lose that series. We played a really good team in Houston. Uh, yeah. Great series. I think were we losing three, one. We came yeah. We're losing three, yep. one and won the last two in a row. Yeah. Two. yeah. And then we won game six, like, what was it? Eight, nothing. Eight to eight, one or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And then, yeah. Game seven, they, yeah, they were they were the better team game. So well, your playoff your playoff numbers, by the way, eleven games, one point six five goals against, nine thirty one save percentage. Not bad. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was. I always I always took a lot of pride in my playoff performances and uh, went on some good runs. That's for sure. Uh, never got to win it, but came real close a few times. Is there anything better though than playoff? I mean, it doesn't matter what level you're at. If you're in the coast, if you're in the Asia league, whatever, there's nothing like playoff hockey. Is there? No, no, there really isn't. Uh, yeah. Even in Japan, uh, it was like, that was, you know, we went on a run and went to the finals and then uh, it's just like all the fans come out. It's like, it's like everybody's waiting to come out at that time. And uh, you know, so you're playing in good crowds and uh, it's just, that's how you teach guys to win. <laughs> you know, that's uh, that's how you teach prospects how to win is uh, playoffs. You know, in my opinion, that's a huge, uh, huge thing for their development is uh, going on those runs and everything. And so that was that was a good run. I I wish it ended up better, but it was it was big in my career for sure. I, yeah. I want to ask you about a couple of guys that from that Milwaukee team, not the Nolan Yonkmans and Scott Fords of the world. You can talk about them later, but. Uh, a guy that most Admirals fans probably don't remember too much is, and his brother played in NHL for quite some time, or at least for a little while, uh, is Jeff Peters. This guy is a, he was one of the funniest guys I think we've had that I can remember, right? And he, he's one of those, and he, every championship team, every great team has a Jeff Peters on their team because he's a glue guy. He keeps the guys loose. He, everybody likes him. So just talk about what you remember about playing with Jeff. And uh, if you got any funny stories uh, of him, I, I, I'd love to hear him. I, I've got, oh, man. I, I don't know if I, he was just like, he was just that guy in the room. Like it was like exactly what you're saying between him and, and Willie Kelsey Wilson. It was like, it was a fun room and uh, PD. Yeah. PD was, I think my funnest things is just on the bus with him. He, the stuff he would do is, 
say he's just hilarious but uh he definitely a glue guy uh really good player too like he was uh he was huge for us and we had such a young team so we had yonks and me who are more serious older guys and uh you know and then we had pd who you know he was serious when when needed but other than that he's a big goofball and uh but he was awesome he was funny good funny guy man holy cow I remember Jeff Peters got into a fight with his landlord in Milwaukee because it was a, a particularly cold winter and the heat was included in his rent and his landlord wanted to charge more. And he's like, no, I signed the lease. This is, this is the deal. He says, I'm not going to, I'm not turning it down to 58 at night and I'm not paying any more for rent because you signed the lease. Uh, it was, I was like, that's old school hockey negotiations right there. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I talked to him for quite a while, like, you know, years after. And, uh, yeah, him and, and his wife, uh, Courtney, she's awesome, too. My wife's close to her. So good people. Yeah. Uh, there's another incident from that year that I always think is hilarious. Uh, and I want to know if you to get your recollections from this. Steven Werner plays for us. He gets a concussion playing basketball, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, down in Texas? Was it San yeah. Antonio, I think? I was just yeah. going to – I totally forgot about that, but then I remembered Texas. I remember we played basketball. Yeah, yeah. So he gets a concussion. Anyways, he finally comes back, and Harris, uh, Admiral's owner Harris Turr, brings takes the whole team to a Brewers game, and we all meet at the Summerfest parking lot beforehand. I don't know if you remember, and hope, hopefully you remember this happening. And the guys are playing catch, but uh, you know, it's just it's it's a good time. And Fordo airmails one. I don't know who he's playing catch with. He airmails one. And guess who it hits right in the head? Steven Werner. <laughs> and the, but, but then we go to the game, and Werns is going to the bathroom, and we're down in that little area at Miller Park, uh, right on the field. I don't know what it's called now. And he's leaving, and some guy hits a home run, one bounce. He turns around, catches the ball, and, I th- and he throws it back on the field because it was a Cubs player. I believe that was the, uh, the case. <laughs> Do you happen I, to remember that? You have a sensational memory. Let me say, I, I remember, I remember the game and I remember, I remember him getting a concussion playing basketball. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember the, the ball hitting him in the head, but man, that was a, such a cool experience going to that uh, Brewers game and going right there, uh, right on the fence. It was like, really cool. It's literally like nothing else. You can't do that in really well, basketball. If you sit on the floor, yeah, uh, I was gonna yeah, say like, it's it's sitting on the glass in hockey, but you're. But like, there's no. It's a chain link fence. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was that was cool. I don't know. Maybe I was on uh, daddy duties that day and got there late or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, that one that one sticks out for me because I think it's hilarious. Yeah, that's great. Uh, sorry, Warrens, for the uh, for the brain damage that you probably got <laughs> from it. But, uh, uh, leave it to Fordo. Leave oh, it to Fordo. Leave it to Fordo. That's right. But. That's interesting too, because that's Scott Ford's, I think that might be his first year with the Admirals is 08, 09. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. I remember, I remember meeting him at training camp and, uh, uh, and then he kept going. How many years did he play there for quite a while? Uh, yeah. Off and on the, the second most games in Admirals AHL history. And there's another incident to tell us what you reckon, remember from Scott Ford stealing some pizzas from the uh, referees before the Marquette know. game. I didn't know if I was allowed to bring that up. Oh, for so, sure you are. We talked. Oh, yeah, that's, we, that's we brought it up with him. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, that was. Uh, I remember the meeting. I remember we had a meeting, and he felt shame. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Lane Lane called the meeting, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, and he was not happy. He was not happy, and I remember after the meeting, some people were like, "What's he mad about?" <laughs> <laughs> And we're like, well, like young guys are like, you know, like, why is he so mad about that? I'm like, well, you know, come on. I don't know. Like trying to, trying to back lane up on that one. But, yeah. But yet also sticking up for Fordo. And uh, yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was it, a weird, it, weird. It was, story. it was weird. It was, I couldn't believe how serious it was taken by the, like the building pulls the video footage of it. And like the CEO, the guy who runs the Bradley Center, who's got to worry about booking acts and the Bucks and Marquette, he's worried about some some referees losing a couple of pizzas. Oh I mean, no, I was. I mean, that's 
that was the consensus in the room was like, are we supposed to get mad at this? Like, are we right? I understand a bit of what they were saying, but at the end of the day, I'm like, uh, hey, how, <laughs> how about you just bring Fordo in and be like, Hey, don't be a ding dong. Yeah. And then everything like, it didn't matter. Yeah. You weren't at the game. Right. But, yeah. I don't know. Anyways, that's yeah. a long time ago. That's all. Uh, that's been uh, yeah. lost to history. Uh, along hey, with the now, Bradley Center. now he's your assistant coach. <laughs> now he's the assistant coach. <laughs> that's right. Uh, good dude. Great dude, man. We that's what I can get you. Yeah. yeah. I was just talking with Fordo yesterday about, about Yonk, you know, you just saw Yonks here. You saw yeah. Nolan Yonkman in, in Winnipeg. Um, Fordo was coming up here. I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy. You look at that team and the guys who have, gotten into doing that i mean you three specifically i guess but yeah. um it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty fun to see everybody kind of still involved here yeah it's really cool um i you know i'm thinking about all these teams in the league where with you know now that i i'm done playing and uh most of them were done a few years before me but you know they're that they've been doing this for a few years now like coaching and or or new at it or whatever but uh it's just gonna be really fun to kind of see all these guys just like it was it was kind of my first one was to see uh was to see yonks and actually his other his other assistant coach nate de casmero he i played with him in Grand Rapids as well sure. so i went over in that you know morning skate after the morning skate and uh, went and catch up with them. So it was awesome. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to see Fordo, uh, this, this week. What do you think with your career? And we mentioned the number of teams and, and all of that stuff. Like you have to be like one of the great six degrees of separation hockey players of all time. I, I'm guessing it's less than six. It's gotta be like four and he's hitting everybody. Yeah, it's uh, it's insane. Yeah, I've I've done a few of these kind of podcasts or whatever since I announced my retirement, and uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. I uh, I got a lot of a lot of old teammates, that's for sure. And now that I'm you, part of my role is like I'm goalie coach, but I also got to oversee some uh, prospects, goaltending prospects, and then also got to do a little bit of scouting as well. So yeah, it's pretty easy for me because I basically reach out to any team there's like a player that I played against or with right. or, or on their coaching staff of some did, sort. So did you ever, we had Andrew Hutchinson who you certainly played against uh, at some point. Uh, he, he told us, yeah, you know, I look at my career and all these teams I played for and I just had 682 best friends or whatever the exact number yeah. was. Have you ever tried to figure out how many guys you played with? Oh, no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> how would I That's ever the- that is the appropriate answer. Yeah, I, like I wouldn't even fathom where to start on that. That would be a that would be a number that this brain can't handle. So, <laughs> no, no idea. Uh, man, oh man, I I don't know. Somebody else can do that if they want, but I. I um, I, and maybe, hey, maybe we can get an admirals fan to uh, try and figure it out. But that's a that's a challenge though, because when you go up for a few days, yeah. like then and there's who, no record of whatever. Right, yeah, and who played. Right. Like Josh Gratton played seven games for the Admirals that season. Right. Did you, were you teammates and another, in another instance, were you teammates with this guy? Did you cross paths during the season? How did that work? Anyways. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. I ended up playing with him and with the Wolves, but I forgot that I played with him in Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, I I remember Josh Gratton uh, scoring a goal, sliding into the boards and starting to beat somebody up all in one smooth motion. It was, yeah. it, it wasn't even, there was no stop. There was no celebration <laughs> scores. The goal slides down and just beats, starts beating the piss out of some guy. Yeah. Uh, that sounds like him. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, so I, so I, okay, has, has this transition been everything you thought it would be from, has it been better? Has it been hard to, to go from playing to coaching? No, it's been pretty smooth. The time uh, was right for everything. Yeah, it was. We knew that we were done. Um, well, I still love playing. There was no, my body still felt good. Uh, I could have kept playing. Um, You're blessed. You're blessed with that, that your body still felt good. Yeah. You yeah. got to make the oh, decision. Sure. That's a blessing. Sure. Yeah. When I, you know, later in my career, my focus was like really taking care of my body. And uh, I knew that I was basically an injury away from being done. So, uh, you know, those post 30 years, if I had one injury that was serious, like, that was it. Somebody probably wasn't going to sign me. Yeah. So I put a lot of work into my body and um, a lot of attention. So um, 
yeah, that part of things, like my body's like, I played my last three years in Japan. I almost played every game of every year. Wow. <laughs> it was like, it was a lot of fun. And uh, so I still love the game. I uh, still had the passion. Um, it just became hard for our family. Um, the sure. last few years I was away. And, uh, kids are getting uh, older. And- yeah. Kids are getting older. And so my daughter was going into junior high, like grade seven uh, this year. So that was, we always knew that going into junior high. Yeah. There was no chance. You know, I was, <laughs> I was going to be home uh, full time. And, uh, you know, I, I'm still, I still got to travel a lot for this, but uh, our home, there's not a lot of hockey jobs. So um, it's a pretty small town, a uh, small place. So there's not a lot of jobs. So I, I tried to get something at home, but, uh, and then this job came up and they ended up being cool with me living at home and commuting. So it was a uh, uh, really, really good setup. But, Almost but no, ideal. It, yeah. It's been really easy. Um, I love the job. Uh, I I love that kind. I I talked to other teams. Uh, One was like a scouting job and that was cool. I think I would have enjoyed it, but this, I think I'm kind of made for that coaching aspect of it. Um, You know, it comes natural because I kind of was a mentor, I guess you could say for a lot of years, even even later in my career, even in Europe and Japan, I was like a mentor guy that, was there not just to win games but to you know show the the younger guys and uh, so yeah I, I it can becomes very natural uh I don't I can't say I really miss it like there's days that I I would I would I definitely miss the games I guess you could say but um day-to-day practice and stuff like I still enjoyed that aspect of it but I I can't say I miss it I think it's it's definitely was a good good timing good and time, uh man. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, so it's so far so good. We're really enjoying it. That's great. Charlie, should we finish with our question here? No, I got to get one more question and I'm really sorry. I'm going to be late for my next meeting, but that's okay. Cause I got to ask you about, like, I believe you've done something that no other player goalie in AHL history has done. And that has scored an overtime goal. So, and that was the, before you got to Milwaukee. So take us through this. It was in Chicago of all places yeah. When you're playing for Manitoba, take us through what happened there. Uh, yeah, I I got the puck and I deked out five guys on the <laughs> whole team, and then I went on breakaway and sniped on the goalie. So unbelievable. That's, yeah, that's that's what I'm gonna say. But uh, that's no, what, that's I, what you're telling your kids. <laughs> that's what everybody says. Like they say, they're all line them? drives on paper. Yeah. yeah. Right. What, what are you gonna tell your grandkids? They're like, yeah, anyway, you're gonna dangle through the whole team. No, I uh, it was. Uh, we were in overtime, obviously, uh, four on four. Yeah, I think it was, I don't know, four on four, three on three, something like that. And, uh, the shot came, uh, Kevin Bieksa was down on a conditioning stint with us. He was getting a penalty. So the Wolves teams in that day, you know, Hader, Krog, like Sterling, it was like, holy cow, we're about to have two minute power. Murderers row here. Yeah. Yeah. In Chicago, two minute penalty kill, uh, you know, it wasn't going to be good. So the ref had his hands up. Andre Pavlik skates to the bench. So the shot comes towards me. I go down, kind of like blocker down on the ice. And it nicks. Like I'm saying nicks my knob of my stick. Wasn't even hitting the net. Like it was messing. I was right up against my post. My blocker was down. So my stick is on the ice. The shot comes towards me, nicks my like knob. And then Steve Martins, I think, gets it. Yep. Passes it to the D. D wasn't there into the empty net. So what were you uh, did you see the even, puck going down there? Were you like, oh my God, what the heck I, is this? They didn't even give it to me. Uh they gave it to my teammate Danny Grew. And then when I got to the by the time we celebrated and got to the dressing room, they're like, that was yours. And I was like, sweet. You know, I, I felt <laughs> something. I don't even know if I saw the puck hit the knob, but I felt it. Yeah. Something hit my stick. Like uh, anyway, and then so you didn't okay. have to campaign. You didn't have to campaign. They figured oh. it out on their own that you no zapruder, no zapruder tape required. Yeah. No, I I didn't care. I was just like I was just so pumped we won. I like we were about to we were about to lose that game basically. So I was just so, <laughs> I was just so pumped that we won. Uh, it was like a Saturday night in Chicago. That's a hard game to win. So yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, and then they're like they gave it to me, and anyway. It was, uh, it was cool. It was, uh, 
that was before all the social media. So right. if it happened, if it happened this day, it would probably get It'd be viral for sure. Yeah. Whatever the uh, TSN's top plays, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we drew, we wrap every one of these up by asking our guests, when you think of Milwaukee, what do you think of? Uh, Milwaukee is uh, beautiful people. Um, and like the most undercover greatest town in the league. Like that's what I say to everybody. Like I played in really good places uh but you know we really enjoyed our last two years in charlotte that's a special city like beautiful down south <laughs> that was kind of our first experience down south so we loved it we loved it in charlotte um but like milwaukee is right there like it, it was like one of our favorite places to live um just like the most we didn't have that high expectations like i don't know just being there as a visitor like just being downtown like i was like oh this is a nice place but I had no idea how nice of a city it is and how great the people are. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful place to live. The organization is uh, second to none. Um, Paris is awesome. You guys are awesome and uh, great memories that uh, I'm really thankful for to be part of the part of the history, I guess. Well, we're thankful that you shared some of it here with us today. We really appreciate it. Drew, good to see you. Uh, I can't wait to see you here this week. Up in yeah, It'll be great to, to see you in up. person. Yeah, looking forward to catching up uh, with everyone in person. All the best. Maybe, uh, maybe next time we come to Milwaukee, I'll try to arrange. Hop, hop on, hop on the plane. Yeah, yep. some yeah, we, also, yeah. we also have a prospect uh, goalie uh, with Wisco, with uh, University of Wisconsin. So I may, may be around uh, at some point. So There you Perfect. go. There you go. Former Admirals goaltender and now Manitoba Moose goaltending coach Drew McIntyre joining us. For Charlie Larson, I'm Aaron Sims. Thanks for listening to this Milwaukee Admirals podcast.